Good morning and welcome to Sips of Sanity. I'm Kelly. Good morning, I'm Karen. We are on day three of our April series and we are talking about lost connections with regards to it causing depression. Mm-hmm. So we've done two shows already on some different different scenarios of disconnection that cause depression. And today we're focusing on childhood trauma. So we're going back, back into childhood and talking about how depression can actually stem from that young of an age. I think immediately when you talk about that, Kelly, of sessions where people come in and say, I have depression and I don't know why. Oh, yes. And I know we've gone into sessions uh, where I've said, well, I'm being told you weren't wanted. Mm -hmm. I'm being told, not in a rude way, that you were not a planned pregnancy, that there was much panic while you were in the womb. And whether or not clients can confirm it isn't always, you know, 100%. But a lot of them will say, I had a feeling that was the case. Mm -hmm. I've never felt wanted. Mm -hmm. I know my mom loves me, but I've never felt wanted. Right. And some of them do have that affirmation. Some of them actually do know it because parents have said it to their face or have explained it to them that I did feel this way, but I am glad you're here now. Yep. I am glad we went through this. Now that's one kind of situation where the energy exchange that happens in the whole creation, I'll say, of the gestation period creates a cellular feeling of not being wanted. And so depression sits really in the cells. Oh, so deep. On the other hand, we'll talk about afterbirth. That can be many things like neglect, bullying, physical abuse, verbal abuse. Can I back up a little bit into birth? Sure, yeah. And that there is birth trauma? Yes. And that I just don't want to skip that one because there might be somebody out there going, ouch, ouch, she's missed me. No, I'm glad that you backed up. Because some people actually have depression from the birth trauma. As babies. Yes. Not the the mothers that gave birth. That's right. Well, both. (laughs) We We can can say both. (laughs) Yeah, we can say both. But we are talking right now about people who experience the depression from the birth trauma itself, where they're pulled out, dragged out, or there's so many medical complications in the birthing process. Mm -hmm. That their first experience of touch has been traumatic. Yes. And that many wonderful therapies can help them heal that. Mm -hmm. where they can do touch therapy, where they can do talk therapy, where they can talk out even what they might think they would have thought as a baby. Mm -hmm. There's so many different wonderful things therapists do now that are so outside the box. So if you hear that and you're afraid that you're not going to find a therapist that's going to meet your needs, just keep going till you find somebody that does that. And actually, Kelly, we are going to try and have a lady come on the show who does childhood trauma through birth. Birth yeah, trauma. Yeah, I look forward to that. Me too. We haven't reached out yet. But that was a big promise, but hopefully she'll come through. I said, I hope. <laughs> but let's go on. So there are all types of traumas, you say, um, that happens to us when we're quite young. And some people don't remember those traumas. So it's beneficial to see somebody like you and I that can go back and explain to them what that trauma was. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes the trauma isn't verbal or physical. We can witness a look on someone's face or we can witness an absence. I know that sounds kind of oxymoron, but you can look around to see who you might need in a moment of panic or fear or flight, whatever you want to refer to it as. 
and not see mom, not see dad, and think I'm not supported. And that quick half second can just be the planting of a seed of a belief system that is carried with you your entire life of, I am not supported. I am not loved. I am not safe. And another one I think that creates tremendous depression is I am not enough. Because if you never feel that you're enough for that first primary relationship to your parents, to your mother or your father, you can carry that all the way through your life, thinking that in my career, I'm not enough. Even if you're the best in your career, or I'm not enough in any of my relationships or my primary relationship, I'm never enough. And the good therapy that can come out of a session or with a therapist where you sit down and you have to create a self-talk that says, I am enough. I did this. This is wonderful. So you don't let the ego continue to tell you lies. Mm -hmm. But you have to make sure that when those lies are flying at you, that almost like a samurai, you have to have that little sword to cut those things as they come near you. Not true, not true, not true. Yes. You have to be able to throw them into the garbage can and say, no, that's not valid. I give you no space in my real estate of my mind. Mm -hmm. Not renting space to you. I like that. I, and I think, I'm, I know this was going to come up eventually, but Dr. Susan Forward, her book called Toxic Parents oh, yes. is so significant in mm-hmm. this work because she talks about the different kinds of parents and why they couldn't be there for you. Right. And, and I think this is really necessary for everyone to read because the importance of understanding where your parents' shortcomings are come from yeah allows you to let go of the meaning that you attach to it right and it also allows you to forgive them yeah so if you experienced a neglectful or absent parent throughout childhood and you made it mean that you weren't good enough or you weren't worthy of love then you may actually get through this book and realize my parent was emotionally stunted. Mm -hmm. None of this was about me. They didn't actually have the energy or the wherewithal to understand my needs. That's not because of who I am. That's because of where they were. And that's called individuating what you've just said. It's a process. And then you let that lie or that meaning, we'll call it, that you fabricated, you let it unravel. Mm-hmm. And it means that it's no longer true in other areas of your life. Mm-hmm. Gives you back your freedom to be who you are. Yeah. And, and then w- your own actions and your own thoughts get to be what you create by your own choice. Mm-hmm. How exciting is that? I get excited for people to think that they could go through that kind of a process, Kelly. Yeah. And I think of two two significant moods or emotions, and that's shame and guilt, and those, those result from traumas. Those right. result from different forms of abuse. And some people are full-grown adults, some seniors even, who have lived their entire lives completely, almost pickled in shame and guilt. Oh, I love what you're saying. We should get a jar and put it on the counter. Hmm. Okay, for some good illustration. So if you have been pickled your entire life... yeah. A pickled jar of shame and guilt for sale. And you're walking in saying, I don't know why I have depression. 
here we go. Here's the conversation that can happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a massive event. It can be tiny little seeds that happened close together, far apart, that just reinforced the shame and the guilt. Mm-hmm. Just enough for you to feel numb. Just enough for you to feel less than what you desired to feel. Mm-hmm. And anything short of your desire of what you want to feel will create that spin of depression. Love it. That's quotable. Thank you. I hope that people may hit the pause button, go back and listen to this conversation. Because this conversation is about choice. It's about perspective. And it's about power, which are the opposite things to depression. And if we give our original caregivers like our parents, or anybody who raised us, that might be contributing to our depression or our sense of self, our sense of identity, then as an adult, it's called individuating to make choices and to educate ourselves so we don't stay in that position. And if we don't know how to do it for ourselves, that's when we have to pick up the books, call the therapist, call someone with enough emotional intelligence to hold us accountable to taking a different action than just cycling in it. Because anybody that allows you to keep cycling in it is enabling you. And that's what we don't want when we're depressed is our enablers. We have to know who our enablers are and stay away from them. Because they are codependent. They rely on us to stay in our depression so that they can continue to fulfill some need that they th- that is feeding them. We have to be very careful and pull ourselves away from them to stronger people. To form connections to people who are in line with our same values. Right. So our shows are all going to connect and you may listen to them one, two, three, four, five. You may listen one, two, three, one, two, and go back in different orders. Three, to three, make, three. <laughs> yes. To make good, solid connections. Because yeah. if you're sitting in a childhood trauma, depression, or cause of, then you do need to do some digging and figure out what it is you actually value. Make connections so you have a support system of people who value the same things, the same healthy things, so that you can start to examine the childhood trauma Mm -hmm. and work through it. All of these things have to be connected together. And I think Kelly, and just maybe a little bit of a different point or saying it in a different way, we have to know what happened in our childhood or what we attached a belief to. So if a parent or a caregiver said something like, you're so stupid, or are you stupid? What's wrong with you? We have to be able to say, that's, that's their thought. That's their shit. And be able to say, what do I actually know about myself that's factual? I'm educated. I read. I research. I or whatever, fill in the blank. I work, I do, I experience, fill it in. So that you know what your truth is so that you can separate it from their old thought. And I want to point something out. Sometimes that parent's thought has changed and we don't even know it. We hold on to what we thought they believed of us. And they may even say to us that they don't believe it anymore and we can't let it go. So we have to figure out why we won't let it go when other people around us, it could be a spouse saying, sweetie, 
you're smart, you're educated, you've got a great job or whatever. And we don't listen. We hold on to what drives us crazy or makes us angry. And we don't sometimes realize why we hold on to that core belief. We don't even sit in our own reality to know it's a lie. I love it. Yeah. And that maybe everybody, including our parents, have already moved out of it except us. Mm -hmm. And I just bring back that word, individuation. Wonderful. That was was a good punch today. Oh, I hope so. You mean like a... (laughs) Okay, good. I won't say it. Oh, and anyway, whatever way you needed to be punched. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get it. Okay, so if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Otherwise, we are back tomorrow talking about disconnection from the natural world. Mm. Enjoy your Wednesday.